Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, man. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to what's Packer Sports Show. Uh, live, I am your host, God Child, first of the day. If you guys are just tuning in to me for the first time, I want to just, you know, say thank you to everybody that's tuning in. There was a lot of stuff happening today. We had Rogers, uh speaking on his future in Green Bay. Okay, so I'm going to, we got some Rogers speculation going on. Uh, it's always a lot to parse through whenever Aaron Rodgers speaks in a conference, whether it's Tuesdays with errors or, or Pat McAfee or it's his press conferences or Wednesdays, regularly scheduled press conferences. The first thing we're going to talk about, though, is the Jair Alexander news that came out today. Uh, we're going to do a Zerba report, which is where basically I go around, I watch all the highlights from the game, especially like players, like teams that's going to come up for the Packers. Uh, in a couple of weeks, we only got two more games left. So I just watch all the games. And instead of doing a, a weekly power ranking and all of the dumb shit, like, I think power rankings are dumb because this isn't college football, okay? Like, nobody cares about who you beat and how and what and all this other shit. There's no style points. There's none of that shit. Like, it's just, do you have the best record in your division? That's what matters first. Then you go from there. So the first thing I want to talk about was the Jair Alexander news. If you don't know yet, Jair Alexander was activated off of the injured reserve list, and he is going to be eligible to play starting this week. I mean, and this is pretty big freaking news, so let's go ahead and give a round of applause for Mr. Jair. I saw on, I was just reading some kind of art. I was reading some article on, like, the Packers maybe website or something, and it, like, actually did the phonetical spelling of Jair's name, but it's not Jair, it's Jair, Jair Alexander, uh, like J-I-A-I-R, Jair, okay, or as I like to call him, the Bank of Jai, aka The Vault, aka The Only Bank, open on Sundays, yeah man, let's just uh, read this article real quick, or Acme Packer Company, let's see, on Wednesday, Green Bay Packers head coach Matt LaFleur told the media that the team will be activating quarterback Jair Alexander's shoulder from the injured reserve lift. Alexander, a Pro Bowl quarterback, injured his shoulder against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Excuse me, leading to his placement on the injured reserve list is starting some speculation that may need that he may need to have surgery on the shoulder. Uh, the floor says it will be a gradual thing with Jair's return, even as he is activated from IR today. When he's ready then he'll be available. I think it's more or less everybody feeling comfortable with where he's at and making sure he's good for the long haul. Let's just stop right there and just talk about that. Like, two, like, the 
I had really been keeping up with this. I had really been, I have not really been keeping up with this. And I'm sorry if I sound a little congested or a little off. I have like this weird like sinus thing. Like I don't really feel like I have a cold. I don't have like a fever or nothing, but I do feel congested. I feel a little woozy. So I don't know what's going on. We all know what's in the atmosphere. Okay, we know you know variant new variants are out there and all type of kind of shit. So I got my old home remedy. I got me a little bit of OJ. And some uh, some special forty percent uh, cough syrup, if you will, uh, from Tennessee. Put 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 those two things together, and I, I think it it, it it rhymes with with black manuals. Okay, so I, I put a little black manuals in my in my OJ and my Orenthal, and uh, I usually just like drink basically the whole fucking thing. With, o, with with OJ and, and I pretty much feel better in the in the morning. So that's the remedy we go with today. And I hope everybody's doing well this holiday season. Everybody's enjoying their Christmas and everything like that. I probably should have started out with that. You know, happy holidays, everybody. We have the New Year coming up. Just a few days. Christmas just passed. Hope everybody enjoyed your Christmas or your Kwanzaa or your Hanukkah or whatever it is that you celebrate. Festivus, who knows? Maybe you don't celebrate anything. But the Packers, we 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 had we played on Christmas Day, and we got the W. And when I say we, I mean the team. The team, they got the W. And not only that, we got this little gift after Christmas. You know, sometimes when you go, when you do Christmas shopping, and when you have Christmas with the fam, and you have a big fam, and you have things, a lot of things going on, you may not get a chance to get all the gifts you wanted. Because sometimes the best gifts be sold out, and you usually get a chance to get there. Maybe your money wasn't right. It's not always on Christmas when you get your gifts. Sometimes after Christmas, you get your gifts, and the Packers got themselves a little gift after Christmas with Jai Alexander being activated. Now, I'm going to just go ahead off the break and say, before he was even activated, of course, all year long, the three major players that everybody's been keeping their eyes on or everybody's been kind of worried about with the Packers on the injury list is Z Smith, okay? He at the back. Of course, David Bakhtiar, who tore his ACL last year in the playoffs, like in the practice before the game against the Rams, against the Rams, he had to have surgery and all sorts of shit, so we're still waiting on him, but he's back in practice too. And then, of course, there was Ja. Air, who was back at practice for the last couple of weeks, but had not been participating yet. He was not able to participate because he was not yet active off of the injured reserve list. Now he is, so now he can actually participate in games. But the interesting thing about this is we're not sure if he still needs surgery on the shoulder. And we've also seen this injury before. If you guys remember, Kevin King had, I don't know if it was the same exact surgery or the same exact injury, but he had a shoulder injury coming out of college and he injured it a few times in the NFL and it led to some missed games and all kind of stuff and it really kind of had his career off to a rocky start just based on the fact that he wasn't available all the time and wasn't really able to get reps and wasn't able to get you know comfortable in the scheme and all that kind of stuff so I think it really threw off Kevin Key's development so and it's also something we saw has like lingered throughout his whole career and has been an issue with the tackling and all the kind of things. So the first thing is like, how will the injury moving forward affect his play or like his, his style of play? And then the second thing is like, how would him being out for this whole fucking season, basically for 10, 11 plus weeks, how is that going to affect his ability to be in the flow of the, of the game plan and the, in the, in the, in the, in the, the calls and the communication and just his, his whole conditioning and everything like that. So, I mean, I don't think he's going to just get thrown right back into the starting position. I still think he's going to, you know, get eased in. And that's basically what LaFleur said. It's going to be gradual. 
And this is the direct quote. You can see this right here. This is a direct quote from LaFleur. That it, Matt LaFleur says, Packers will be gradual with Jair. So, uh, Alexander never had surgery and, in fact, started practicing with the Green Bay on December 8th, triggering the 21-day window for the NFL to make the decisions to activate players off the injured reserve list or not. Uh, An activation does not mean that Jair will play this week, though, as we learned with David Bakhtiari's activation, Bakhtiari began practicing with the team on October 18th. God damn, I didn't even realize it was that long ago. I didn't even realize it was that long ago. So, as I just alluded to, I do remember that Bakhtiari started practicing with the team way before Jair, but I didn't know it was like, well, before Jair, but I didn't know it was like way before Jair. So, that's that's surprising that it was like back in October 18th, and he still hasn't been on the team. All right, look, so, yeah, that's basically the article. And, I mean, I, I kind of have been saying like all week, and even like last week, that I didn't think that Jair or Z or... David Bakhtiari were going to be back this season. Like, to me, it just seemed very hush-hush. It seemed very like, oh, nothing to see over here. It seemed like the Packers were just like, oh, you know, nothing to see over here. Like, not really talking about it. Not really, you know, giving it a lot of attention. So, it, it, it kind of struck me as strange that they would activate these people and then, you know, they wouldn't be playing for this amount of time. And we know that the Packers have had... Like they're very cautious when it comes to injuries. They're very cautious, uh, and they, they they take a lot of extra time. They like to give guys more time than they need to to rest up and fully recover and heal. So, you know, while there's a part of me that's a little, like a little like kind of a skeptic, like man, what the f? These guys have been missing all this amount of time. They've been practicing but not being to participate. So it's kind of like a part of me that's like, damn, I don't know what's going to happen. But then the other part of me is like, this is really the Packers' mo. It's been their mo. Like, since, you know, I can remember, you know. And it's just how they operate. So, maybe their plan was to not have any of these guys play in the regular season at all unless they were, like, 110% ready. But long-term, maybe they were just thinking, we activate them now because we have no choice. That's the rules. And at the very least, we, we, we you know, we, we're gonna, we know we're going to be in the playoffs. What's the seating position? We don't know. But, at the very you know, back in November and shit, or October when they, you know, activated, or yeah, November when they activated Bakhtiar, is like, you know, we have a good feeling that we're going to probably be in the top one or two seeds, so at the very least, we might, you know, we could get another buy, which would give them more time to get he- get healthier, closer to that 100% health, and then it could have just been that their whole plan all along was just for them to play in the playoffs and not to play in the regular season at all, so, we're, I mean, this is going to be an interesting thing, the, 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 to, to see how Bakhtiar and Jair play into the Packers' plans as far as, like, would they be able to, like, get back on the field. But the one thing I'm really pretty certain about at this point or that I feel even stronger about is that uh, Zadarius is, is, is probably not going to come back this, this year either, which absolutely sucks. But, I mean, good thing that Preston and Gary and the rest of the crew have, have really stepped up in his absence. So, uh, I, you know, I'm excited that Jair's back. Uh, but at the same time, like I said, and like LaFleur said, they're not, it's obvious they're not going to just throw him back in. I can see him probably getting some snaps this week, uh, maybe like zone stuff or whatever. Uh, in the next two weeks, probably maybe getting like 25, 30% of the snaps as he works his way back into, reg, you know, starting regular season conditioning. Uh, now let's, let, let's, let's pivot. 
let's pivot real quick to let's see we talked about Jair being activated uh let's pivot to the Rogers speculations and let's let, let's pivot to the Rogers speculations we're gonna watch this interview from Rogers it's 20 minutes long uh he I watched a little bit of it while I was at work earlier but I wanted to like watch the whole thing and, 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 and but I did take from what I w watched I took some notes uh there was like three things that I thought were the most interesting things to me uh Rogers Talking about Devontae said that he's been a top three for a while. Which kind of stood out to me because it's like, I thought the whole thing with Devontae was like top two, not two. But here it is like, Rodgers is saying he's top three. So it's kind of weird to be, kind of a weird like way to like frame it. Like, if you think he's a Hall of Famer, then why would you just, why, why would you just say he's been the best receiver? Why would you say like a top three receiver? That's kind of weird. Uh, you know, he's talking about his relationship with Matt LaFleur and how things have, you know, Gotten a little, gotten better from where they were in the offseason. And uh, that sort of spilt over into the conversation about, you know, what are his plans for the offseason? So those are the big takeaways uh, from the Rodgers thing. A little preview right there, but let's actually get the words from the horse's mouth right here and uh, and see what Rodgers had to say in, in his presser interview earlier today. E game last year where you first mentioned Devontae in the Hall of Fame. When in his career did he go from just a great receiver to that level? And what do you think constitutes a, a Hall of Fame? I think that an easy barometer is being top three in your position for an extended amount of time. I think that should definitely warrant the consideration by guys with shorter careers that uh, probably deserve to, to be there. Um, when you have sustained success and you're one of the top three of your position for multiple years, that, in my opinion, should warrant uh, consideration. I feel like Devontae has done that the last three years um, and been uh, a top three player in his position. See, I mean, like, to me, that's weird, bro. Why would he say a top three player? Why would he say a top three player? Why would he say the best? Why would he just say Devontae has been the best receiver for the last three years? Because he has been. Why this top three player? I thought the whole like pitch for Devontae was top two, not two. So what the fuck is Aaron? Like that I think I thought that was like Devontae's like slogan, right? That was like his slogan. They always he's always like tweeting it. People's always saying it, you know, top two, not two. Top two, not two. So wh where's Aaron coming off with this? Top three shit. I feel like I get a pretty good from what Aaron Rodgers has put out into the to the world, right? To the blogosphere, to the media, and for everybody to just sort of pick apart and to make their own draw their own conclusions about you know what he's revealed to us. I feel like I I, I have a good idea about the kind of person he is. So it, it just seems weird. He's very meticulous with his words. He's very conscious and conscientious of everything he says and does. Um, for the most part, I think, uh, even though he's, he's human, so he makes mistakes, but it's like to say top three and not to say just the best, it just seems a little bit weird. Like when he was asked if he was vaccinated and he said, I'm immunized. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe not. You tell me, what do you guys think? Hey Aaron, uh, happy new year to you in advance of the weekend. Um, in, in bitter cold, how does that impact? Catching snaps, handling the ball, throwing the ball. Not a whole lot, I don't think. It's just about keeping your head and your hand warm. 
All right, we don't care about fucking cold weather questions. Keeping your hands warm. This nigga been playing in cold weather his whole goddamn life. Adult life, so uh, he knows how to like like some of these questions. I'm like, nigga, he been playing for the Packers for damn near 17 years or whatever the fuck it is. Like, how many times have y'all asked this man about? Oh, Eric, what's it like to throw in the cold? What's it like to this? What's it like? He's he, stop asking these fucking questions, honestly, really. I say this kind of half jokingly, but did any of those uh, former teammates take uh, issue with you calling Devontae the best player you've ever played with? Mm, no, I mean, I think uh, it's obviously no disrespect to any of those guys. It's just, uh, and I've played with some incredible players. Um, you know, but the, the kind of dominant. He has played with some incredible players. And I think the one player that is the most, like, overlooked and the most just, like, underrated is, of course, Jordy Nelson, right? Jordy Nelson. But, I mean, I, I think he's right, though. Whether you talk Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, uh, James Jones, Randall Cobb, Greg, uh, uh, Donald Driver, right? Those are the big five. Out of all those guys, yeah, obviously, Devontae Adams is the best. Steve McGarvey. Matt LaFleur tied the record for the most head coaching wins by anyone in his first three Bruh, seasons. Let's, let's talk about it. Saturday. I'm let's, just wondering, what's the biggest thing that's impressed you about the job he's let's, done? Let's talk about that. This is a great question, too, because let's talk about this. The Matt LaFleur, I feel like Matt LaFleur is getting so disrespected right now by the national media, so disrespected right now by the, his peers, so disrespected right now by the by the Twitter sphere and the blogger sphere and the in the in the in the YouTubers and I feel like nobody's giving Matt Lafleur and by extension this front office the credit and recognition that they deserve. So let's see what Rogers has to say about his head coach Matt Lafleur, Matt, Matt the Flower, who I still say to this day they get along, they're they're cool, they're buddies, but I. still I, I, I don't think there is nearly as much contention or tension between LaFleur and Rodgers like there was between Rodgers and McCarthy, especially later in McCarthy's tenure after the NFC Championship game against uh, Seattle. But I do think that Rodgers um, still, like, you know, I feel like he's just still his... He still thinks that he's probably the smartest person in the room. He still thinks that he knows more than LaFleur. He still thinks that he knows more than everybody else. He still thinks that he, like, like my opinions matter just as much, if not more, than everybody else's. And not, like, in a bad way, but just, like, 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 it, or I said, like, not, and, 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 not in a bad way is a weird way to put it, but I don't think he means any harm. You know what I'm saying? I don't think he, in his mind, he sees himself as, like, oh, I'm, being, I'm just going to be fucking arrogant. No, I don't think, I think he genuinely feels that way, but, it's not, that's not what, that's not the case. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, oh, even if you are the smartest person in the room and all that kind of shit, like, bro, like, you, at this stage of your career, you need to be more focused on being a system quarterback, which I feel like has been, is one of those words like system quarterback and game manager. Like, those are like taboo, dirty words. Like, don't say those words. Like, those are, those are bad words to say. But rea in reality, like, Tom Brady is a system quarterback. And he's also the most successful quarterback that's ever lived. So all of the quarterbacks who have had multiple success have all been system quarterbacks. Tom Brady, Joe Montana, 
uh, Roger Staubach. Um, what's up, a nigga named uh, um, Terry Bradshaw? You know what I'm saying? Like, the focus was running the football and being in tune with the system. Bill Walsh invented the West Coast system. Okay, so that means that Joe Montana was a system quarterback. Rodgers needs to be more of a system quarterback. And I do think that when Rodgers leaves or when he's done, whether he retires or gets traded, we are going to see a different kind of offense from Matt LaFleur and this Green Bay Packers than what we've seen under Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I think he's definitely evolved. I think it's it's trust and and obviously dealing with uh, you know different situation, different type of player in me and and See, look, a different kind of player in me. Like, it's like people got to pick up on the little things that Aaron Rodgers says, which gives you an insight into his psyche. Because sometimes he's very smart and cerebral and he's very calculated with the words. But then I feel like he can get kind of caught off guard and just say, like, have little Freudian slips. And that right there, what he said, having a different kind of player like me. What he's saying is, I know that Matt LaFleur came in here wanting to run a certain kind of system. This Shanahan, uh, Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, zone uh, read, uh, hey, not zone read, zone blocking, running the football, prioritizing the run, boot, boot, boot actions, play actions, quick passing game, and then taking calculated shots off the play action and the boots and all that kind of shit. Like, that's the system that LaFleur wanted to run. And if you look back throughout the history of this system, especially since, like, they sort of revamped it in Washington when Robert Griffin was there. And that was even a little bit different from what they really wanted to run because they had no intent of adding in or incorporating all this college concepts of the zone read and all the shit that Robert did when he was at uh, Baylor. They incorporated it very successfully. And, and, and honestly, I still to this day think if Robert would have stayed healthy, that team would have maybe went to the Super Bowl. They would have damn sure went to the NFC Championship game. So it's like... Look at the other quarterback, Robert Griffin III. He's not even in the league anymore, okay? This nigga's doing commentary, all right, on Saturdays. Uh, then you look at uh, uh, Alex. Uh, no, Alex Smith wasn't in it. Uh, was Alex Smith in that system? No, I don't think he was in it, but uh, Matt Ryan, okay? No one's going to confuse Matt Ryan for a Hall of Famer, even though, like, he's definitely had, like, he's not a bum, but you know, he's definitely not a Hall of Famer, okay? Um, I don't even know if the nigga's always been all pro. He won MVP one year, and that was when... He was in this system, okay? And then, of course, Jared Goff took this team to a fucking Super Bowl in this system. And you see what Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, has been able to do in um, in San Francisco running the system. So, But none of these players that I mentioned are Hall of Fame caliber players. And that's what Ro uh, Robert, that's what Rodgers is saying. Like, I'm not these, I'm better than all of the other players that they've ever had in this system so i expect lafleur to acquiesce what i want to change and what i don't like and, and, and what i think i could do better and blase blase blah well, it's been a good uh, good marriage of our personalities and our philosophies i think you did a good job of uh, making me feel um, like what i brought to the table was important by blending i think the system in the first year and Really, the first off season, I think I thought we made a bunch of strides in 
in really whittling down some of the things on both sides. Some of the stuff that I thought was great that might not fit the scheme and, and the personnel that we had, and some of the thought that stuff that he brought to the table that didn't quite fit the uh, the personnel that we had, and, and really honing. It. See, to me though, like, how the fuck you gonna tell the the head coach? Excuse my French. I'm trying to clean up my language a little bit. But how would the flying phalanges? Are you gonna sit here and tell the head coach your system needs tweaking? Now look, I'm not one of these kind of people. I feel like top grade players should get some little extra treatment, but at the same time, I don't believe that they should get beneficial treatment at the expense of the team's success. Now, some people are gonna say, well, Aaron Rodgers has been a two-time MVP in this system, or he's been a what MVP, and now he's probably closing in on his second MVP and consecutively at that. He's put up 50 touchdowns and blah, blah, blah. He did all this shit. But it's like, the one thing I've always maintained with Aaron Rodgers and this system and how from day one, before LaFleur even got a chance to implement anything in the system, Rodgers was chirping in the media talking about how he thinks that he wants to change things in the system. So from day one, no matter what Rodgers tells you publicly, excuse me, he never bought in to this system 100%. Because he never ran this system the way LaFleur wanted to run it, the way Shanahan ran it, the way it's supposed to be ran, the way they is designed to be ran. He he said from day one, this is cute, but this is what, but, but let me tell you how we're going to do this in, in Green Bay. I don't care how y'all did it in Washington. I don't care what y'all did in, 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 in Atlanta or, or San Francisco or, or anywhere else. Los Angeles, in, in Lambo, this we're gonna run it. We're gonna have the Aaron Rodgers system. And to me, that's just that's a little too much. But he did that when he pulled that stunt after getting McCarthy ran out of Green Bay, which you could say is rightfully so. You could say, well, McCarthy had overstayed his welcome. He was, you know, he 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 kind of, you know, uh, made his own bed that he had to sleep in in the NFC Championship game against Seattle. And, I mean, to me, that was the turning point. That was the point where Rodgers was like, fuck this dude. I'm not respecting this dude anymore. But I digress. I'm not going to harp on McCarthy. But I think it will be interesting to see if, if, the, if, the, if the McCarthy could come back in and Lambeau uh, with the Dallas Cowboys and, uh, and, uh, and uh, play the Packers in the NFC Championship game. That's my prediction. Early spoiler alert. My prediction for the NFC Championship game is Packers and Cowboys. Uh, the ideas that we really were good at that I thought was great. He does a good job of delegating responsibility. But to LaFleur's credit, like Rogers is saying right here, he adapted. He didn't let his ego get in the way. And he figured, look, at the very least, I got this nigga for what? F four or five more years. And after that, if we just get, are successful and win and maybe, who knows, get a Super Bowl or something out of it, I'll be able to earn enough you know, cachet within the organization and even within the league, really, to 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 move on from Aaron and to really establish my regime as the Packers head coach after Aaron's gone. Talked about that uh, yesterday. Just allowing the other coaches to coach and to have a specialty, whether it's uh, in situational football or uh, you know, a spot to. Uh, to be in front of the room and to, to work on their own uh, presentations, I think it's great. I think it's you know a, a job of 
of any head coach is to get the, your staff ready to make a jump, whether that's position coach to coordinator or coordinator to a head coach. Um, I Facts. Think you're always trying to train up those coaches and have. Um, have I am Drake's muscles. In the, in the what stadium. what the fuck do you mean? I am Drake's muscles. What what does that mean? I don't know. Sometimes you guys be saying some cryptic shit in the chat. I have no idea what you're talking about. I am Drake's muscles. What what, what does that mean? To say waiting. Uh, should one of those guys get an opportunity. And I think Matt does a good job at that by allowing them the platform to speak in front of the offense and, and speak in front of the team at, at, at times as well. And, uh, he, you know, he's, he's done a really good job of, of knowing when to be hands-on and, and when to uh, allow his, uh, his staff uh, to lead and also to encourage it being a player-led team. The best teams that we've had over the years are player-led teams that involve a great amount of leadership. And at times the players speaking – uh, instead of the coach, uh, and Matt, I think understands uh, you know when to allow the players to uh, to take the lead in those situations. Uh, great, great, great point by Rogers there. Um, oh, you are Dark Muscles. Okay, that's your Discord username. Okay, I was like, what the fuck, Drake Muscles. Um, I mean that was a great point by Aaron Rodgers there though. Like, I mean, I feel like Lafleur is the perfect. He has the perfect personality. He's the perfect person to. Transition Green Bay from uh the Roger from the from the Brett Favre Sherman McCarthy Rogers era to like his era, okay. And honestly, you may think I'm crazy for saying this, but I I really think that Lafleur is going to be the most successful coach with the most successful tenure that Green Bay has seen since Vince Lombardi. I think he's going to win more Super Bowls than McCarthy, more Super Bowls than Holgram. I think Jordan Love is going to be more successful as far as like that goes. I don't know if Jordan Love has the has the chops to ever you know throw for four hundred and forty whatever touchdowns like Rodgers did to break Favre's record. I don't know if Jordan Love will ever break any of those records, but I tell you what, I don't give a damn if 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 Love can come in and start for 10, 15, 20 years and lead this team to, who knows, two or three Super Bowl wins or some shit like that, like following the system and being a good system quarterback and allowing what the, the rest of the pieces around him to to shine and not try to steal the spotlight, but to be a compliment to those pieces. I really think that Jordan Love can be more successful than Aaron Rodgers in this system. Devontae always plays well, obviously, but through the middle of November, he wasn't getting into the end zone much this season. Yeah, that's true. He was years. not. Really, he's been outside. His, his touchdown numbers are way down. Like, usually Devontae's like the touchdown guy, not the yards and targets and catches guy because he usually misses games and shit like that and whatever the case may be. But, like, this year, his, his, his touchdowns are way down. Uh, more targets and, and- I don't think anything specifically changed. I just think there's more, uh, more targets and, and the approach. I felt like, you know, we may have, uh, you know, thrown it a few more times in the red zone uh, as the weeks have gone on a little bit more. Um, but also, a lot of that dictates on coverage, and and we've done a good job, I think, of moving him around a lot, which uh, sometimes we can avoid some of those doubles that he gets in the red zone. And because of that, he's had more targets. You look at the, the two touchdowns he had last week were both against single coverage. One was against uh, an empty pressure, and the, and the other was against more of a goal line type defense. And uh, he's obviously had a lot of success when he's single covered. Before I ask my question, your old friend Homer wanted me to clarify something. On the telecast, they said 
that you were giving uh, 440. That's that's a sweet little sentiment that Rogers supposedly given the 443 ball that he threw to 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 Lazar to break Favre's record to Favre's grandson, which is which All is right, nice. Then, you know, listening to you yesterday talk about your future with Pat. And um, here we go. Okay, this is the most important piece of this entire um this entire interview. It's the most important piece of this entire interview when Jason Wildy um asks Aaron Rodgers about his future in Green Bay. This is the most important piece in the entire interview. Let's listen closely and I'll break it down afterwards. Um and then we'll probably move on from this interview to go to some of the other ones. A couple times last year about how deliberate you were being about savoring every moment in case it was your last year. Are you doing that again this year? And is it safe to say, I don't want to misinterpret what you said yesterday, but you sounded to me like a guy that you're definitely not going to retire after this season. You're going to play next year. It's a question of whether it's here or somewhere else. Is that also accurate? Yeah, well, thanks for letting me clarify that. I don't, uh, I wouldn't rule that out. Um, now, and that's the the first thing I want to say is, what the fuck does that mean, Rogers? I wouldn't rule that out. I, I'm not sure what he means. I wouldn't rule out retiring. Or I wouldn't rule out being in Green Bay. Or I wouldn't rule out playing for somebody else. I think he's saying I wouldn't rule out retiring. Which, and if you just, I mean, look at this man's face, bro. Look at this man's face. Like, people can say what they want to say. But this man's face to me, if you if it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't read to me the face of a man who is certain about his future. You know what I'm saying? That's not how it reads to me. I don't want to. It won't be something where I'll drag it out as much as I can. It doesn't read like a man's face who's who's. Doesn't mean I'm thinking about else. It doesn't mean that the, to me, Rogers. Look, you know, listening to you yesterday talk about Rogers. Whenever, whenever he talks about this stuff now, like when you think about the, when you think about when he first started, right? When he first started, when all this conversation first started a few years back, right? When they drafted Jordan Love, which makes sense, obviously, right? You draft the guy in the first round, you move up to take him, it all obviously is going to create questions around your current starting quarterback, but. Up until that point, Rodgers has always maintained this ideology of like, I love it here in Green Bay. I want to retire here in Green Bay. I have you know property in Green Bay. I'm invested in Green Bay. I'm a minority owner in the in the Milwaukee Bucks. He's very invested in the community, the Mac Fund, all that kind of stuff. So he really does seem like the kind of person who's like, I want to get rooted in wherever I'm at. I want to be firmly rooted in that in that place, in that space. So I think all that's very genuine. But what I will say is like when he talks about his future now as to, as prior to to the Jordan Love situation, to Jordan Love being drafted, it's it's a complete 180. Um I know we talked a couple times last year about how deliberate you were being about savoring every moment in case of what Like I said, like I want to say just listen to the way he talks about it. He it like he he almost talks about Talks about it as if he has no control over it whatsoever, and that's not true. He, it's not that he just doesn't have no control over it. He makes it seem like the only thing I have in control of is the my the the 
the level of play that I that I you know that I have. Nah, bro. Like you can take less money. You know what I'm saying? Like you could you you have a lot of control over the situation. Are you doing that again this year? And is it safe to say I don't want to misinterpret what you said yesterday? But you sounded to me like a guy that you're definitely not going to retire after this season. You're going to play next year. It's a question of whether it's here or somewhere else. Is that also accurate? Yeah, well, thanks for letting me clarify that. I don't uh, – I wouldn't rule that out. Um, okay, so I, I think now after hearing it for a third time, I would say that he's either specifically talking about retiring. I think he's specific. When he said I wouldn't rule that out, I think he's saying I wouldn't rule out retirement, which is interesting to me, which is like, I don't think, it's like, why would you retire? Why would you retire, bro? If you're really, you're, if you, you, you're this close to winning consecutive MVPs, becoming a four-time MVP, which is like super, super rare air, we know that you can still play this game. Like, bro, come on. I know you can still play this game. I'm, I, I may be the most critical Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers fan out there, but I know this motherfucker can still play the game. <clears throat> Especially, excuse me, in like other offense. If he was like in a, in a more pass-happy offense that was just like not really concerned with running the ball and like whatever the case may be, you know, if he's playing for the Chiefs, boy, let me tell you what. If he's playing for the motherfucking Steelers, even though Steelers with uh. Najee Harris, Najee or Najee Harris, they're returning more to the old old ways. But I know Rodgers can still play the game, but it just, to me, for him to say he's considering retirement, which I feel like is an extension of the offseason where he said in his press conference he considered retiring in the offseason. But I was like, I, I really can't see him retiring for good. I can see him retiring and then going somewhere else. But like retiring, retiring, and just never playing football again. As much as he loves the players and the memories and all that kind of shit, I just can't see him retiring right now. Especially when like the the, the bar has been set past forty for quarterbacks who can, you know, maintain their body and, and play at a high level. And Rodgers is always going to have a strong arm, and he's always going to have like an ability to make those second kind of off-schedule plays. So, if he retired, even after this year, no matter what happens, Super Bowl or bust, I would be very, 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 very shocked. And it seems more like a, a a leverage play. I think that would be a bitch move, honestly. It is. We'll definitely be in the thought process. Um, one of the things that, that, obviously, and you and I have talked about this over the years, wanting to, uh, to not be a bum, <laughs> on the way out and, and to still be able to play, I think is important to me. Uh, if this year has stopped me anything, it's that, um, you know, I still can play. I still have a love for the game. I'm still super competitive and and still enjoy the the, uh, the process of the week. I miss practice and it's tough to not be out there week after week now, but um, I still do love competing and I love being out there. Um, it just, you know, there'll be a lot of, a lot of uh, things that all fell away in the off season. Um, you know, Saying that doesn't mean, or, or any of the comments I've made, doesn't mean I'm thinking about elsewhere. I do want to clarify that. Like I, uh, the things that I've said about the team this year, about Brian and, I relate, and I's relationship, uh, has been heartfelt and genuine, and I do appreciate um, a lot of the things that I've seen from the team. 
that are directly related to conversations we had in the off season that was meaningful to me. Um, I've enjoyed being a part of conversations that directly affect my job, which I talked about in the off season, and, and Brian's taken the lead in that. And I do appreciate uh, the way our relationship has grown. I have a lot of love for Matt and enjoy playing for him. I love my teammates. Uh, the coaching staff has been fantastic, and uh, they make it fun every single day. And the guys, obviously, is what you is what you play for. And, and having Randall back has made this year uh, exponentially greater for me. It feels like a butt is coming. Uh, he's, he's saying all this shit, but it feels like a butt is coming in here. Let's see. Happiness and going through the weeks and being able to spend time with him and Ida and the kids and uh, it's been really, really special. So I'm just savoring this year, I think, as much as anything. And um, I don't want to – it won't be something where I'll drag it out for months and months, you know, have conversations of ones after the season with, with Brian and Mark and Russ and coaching staff and, and, uh, and then make a decision at some point uh, – you know, I'm not going to hold the team back from anything. And, and, and once I commit, and if it's committing, uh, you know, to move forward here, that it'll be a, it'll be a quick decision. Aaron Rodgers just got asked a very good question by uh, Jason Wildy about, you know, are you savoring this year like you said you were savoring last year after Jordan Love was drafted and you felt like your future was in jeopardy? Now, I added that last couple part in, but basically he did ask him that question. And Rodgers... He gave a pretty good answer. You know, he gave a very politically correct answer, but it wasn't it wasn't direct. It wasn't definite, definitive. It was kind of vague. He's like, I'm focusing on right now. And, you know, if, you know, it's a possibility that I could retire. Um, you know, it's a possibility I could play somewhere else. You know, who knows what's going on with Devontae. Like, it was just very vague. I mean, he did stick to his typical, usual answers of, I love my teammates. I love LaFleur. I love the city, blah, blah, blah. But, he said, you know, things have gotten better between him and Ryan, Brian Gutekinds. But the thing that I just can't quite put my finger on with Aaron is he said this. He he kind of gave the same pitch and spiel last year. After Jordan Love was drafted, you know, his tune changed from I want to be a Green Bay for life to, you know, it's not really out of my hands. It's out of my hands and blah, blah, blah. But I'm going to enjoy it and. You know, I love the, I love my teammates and yada, 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 yada. And it's just like, he tried to make it seem like, I'm, I, you know, if it was up to me, I would be a Green Bay Packer for life. But, you know, it's not up to me. It's the pack, it's the organization who drafted Jordan Love, but they might have different plans for me and the organization in the future. And then after all that, you know, all that, th those, those good, th those, those sweet words he whispered into the Packers fans' ears all year long. What did he do in the offseason? He isolated and alienated himself from everyone, allowed his fiance and his fiance's best friend or whatever to post all this controversial shit on Twitter and social media, stirring the pot. And then he came out and gave this scorched earth press conference where basically he just shit all over. Gutekunst and Russ Ball and the president, Mark Murphy. And now he's kind of giving us the same spiel. And it's like, if I learned anything from last year's spiel is that, I, I, if I learned anything from last year's spiel is that I, I don't really trust Aaron anymore. I, I really do not trust Aaron anymore. I don't trust him to give us the full thing, you know, like, 
he even even because like think when you think about it, even in his press conference after the uh, the whole whatever holdout or whatever it was you want to call it, the little skiff, little riff between him and the front office and Mark Murphy and Goody Coons, like um, he you know he 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 didn't even admit that he requested a trade. He said you know I. I I told him I don't want to be a lamed up quarterback, and it's like if you're gonna just do this, then go ahead and do what you're gonna do. He didn't come out and admit that. Yeah, I walked into the office and I requested a trade because I I didn't appreciate the you know how they handled the the, the situation with Jordan Love. And there's nothing on Jordan, but it's just you know it's, it's about me 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 me. And it's like, bro, it's not about you, motherfucker. It's a goddamn team, and that's what it's a team, bro. You 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 don't win shit on your own. And honestly, to be to keep it hundred with you, like Aaron Rodgers has never played good. I don't I don't know if he's ever really played good in the NFC Championship game. Like so, I mean, there's just so many things you can nitpick about him. But I digress. The point that I want to make is like, I just really just don't think that he's committed to Green Bay as he as committed to Green Bay as he says. I think he's trying to add leverage, like gain some leverage by. Sort of um, weaponizing the Devontae Adams thing, maybe you know, or like latching on to Devontae. Like I feel like he he's a smart guy. Like he understands like the cap situation and all these other kind of things. And so it's like I just don't think that the Packers can pay him and Adams and you know Jair, like and you know all the people that's coming up. So it's like if Rodgers isn't done after twenty twenty two. Which was he was supposed to be done? Or was it twenty twenty three or whatever? It's like, bruh, like, how do you expect for us to like, like people? I saw somebody today say like, Rogers should sign another five year deal. It's like, how the fuck do you expect to sign Rogers to another five year deal? What are you gonna pay him? T- Ten million dollars a year? Like, you know he's gonna win at least thirty million a year, if not forty. So it's like, how do you expect to pay him forty million a year for like the next whatever th- four or five years? And then play Devontae, 20 million a year. And then play Jair, 20 million. Like, it don't make no sense, bro. It don't make no sense, bro. So I feel like he is leveraging all of that. And I, I just, he just sounds like to me like, it, I think it really depends on how the season ends. If he gets a Super Bowl, I honestly think it would be easier for him to move on from the Packers and go somewhere else after winning another MVP, winning a Super Bowl or something like that. And to like having, because that would be, the most leverage he could have. The most leverage he could have is his performance on the field. And if he goes out and he wins the Super Bowl, that will give him more leverage. Not more leverage than the Packers have, but it would give him enough leverage to be able to force his way to say, like, look, man, uh, I'm coming off with back-to-back MVPs. I won a Super Bowl. Like, yeah, I want the fuck out. I want to be like Tom and go somewhere where I can be calling all the shots. So I think it's more likely that he would leave after the Super Bowl than he would leave after not getting one. I think he'd be more uh, likely to stay or just retire if he doesn't win a Super Bowl. He says he's not going to drag out this situation if he is committed. So, like, it's like if you really parse every single fucking word, I know some people, like, that annoys the shit out of them, but it's like, how can you say if I'm committed that I'll make it easy, I'll make a quick decision like, but you're not living in the future. You're living in the present, but you're already thinking about whether you will or will not be committed to the team next year. Like, 
how can you think if you will will or will not be committed to the team next year if you're not if you're committed to them right now? Like I don't know. Like it just seems like a lot of smoke and mirrors and directions and all different kind of shit. Like with with Aaron Rodgers, especially when it comes to his future in Green Bay. And I just think like he's, he he kind of he's just like once you scorned Aaron Rodgers, you can try your best to make up, but I don't think it's gonna you know I don't think it's gonna matter. He's kind of like made his mind up years ago or whenever ago, however long ago it was. He made his mind up. It's like, I don't think it's going to matter. Like, even if you did every single thing he wanted you to do, I think it would probably be, it would be more likely that he would look at, look at that as like some sort of weakness and be like, you know what? You, you gave me everything I wanted. No, I'm leaving this fucking place. But I digress. Let's move on from this. Uh, I wanted to... Actually, look at some of the other interviews, not just Rodgers, because I think there's always good insight from the, the coaches and other players. So let's look at what Adams had to say. Devonta, you've obviously have a lot of people told you you're good in your life. When Aaron comes up to you and says you're the best player he's ever played with, does that mean a little extra? Uh, for sure, man. Uh, I mean, he caught me off guard when he, when he texted me the, the other day. He texted me before he said it. Um, I don't, I don't know if he said it. I think after the game was first. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it catches me off guard a little bit just because, you know, I feel like what we don't do enough as, as men in general is kind of express the way we feel about one another or um, about the way you feel. Man, look. <laughs> this don't got nothing to do with Devontae Adams is talking about. And I think he is talking about a very serious issue, especially in the manosphere and in, in as far as men is concerned, especially black men. You know what I'm saying? Black men, we're, we're, we, we, we don't, we're not really raised or taught to be in tune with our emotions and to talk and express how we feel about other men. Now, we do express it in our own way. You might see a dude looking fly. Hey, bro, I see you, man. Okay, you looking fresh, man. You got the fr we do that kind of stuff. But, like, as far as, like, really getting into our emotions and feelings and expressing how we feel about somebody. for Rod And I'm sure Rogers didn't just say, oh, you're the best player. Like, he probably really opened up and poured out to Devontae and said some like, yeah, you know, you're like a special person, you know what I mean? Not just a player receiver, but I, you know, I love you or some shit like that, you know? So, and Devontae's bringing that out and that's like really, he's mentioning, he's he's highlighting that and I think that's important because yeah, it's true. Men, we don't get that, we don't get that opportunity and I've had this conversation before, especially like just with women and just in that like kind of sort of like relationship sphere, like a lot of times when men do express themselves, we get looked at as weak. But aside from all of that, the one thing I do want to say is I think the real reason why Devontae Adams and Devon and, 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 and uh, Aaron Rodgers are such good friends is because I think they probably smoke a lot of weed together. Because look at Devontae's lips. I'm sorry, but like he got I smoke weed lips. He got nigga weed smoking lips. And uh, I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers get blazed uh, together at least once or twice a week. They're bad. So to hear something like that, you know, out of the blue, um, you know, what, there was no conversation that led up to it or anything like that. It was just strictly just from, from his heart, something that he was thinking about in the moment. So it means a lot to me as a, as a player, especially the type of guy that I am, because, um, you know, obviously I'm always trying to, continue to improve and make his job as easy as possible. So to see that he acknowledges it, um, you know, at that level, it's just, it's, it's really not any words that I can put together to, 
to say how much it means to me, but um, it just it continues to push me. I think with certain people hearing stuff like that, you know, being the best, um, whether it's in general or, or the best that, you know, a certain player of a certain magnitude um, has played with, you, there's two responses typically. It's you either fall back and get comfortable because you feel like you've reached a certain point or it drives you, and I feel like it continues to push me. Um, you know, I don't need necessarily any, any type of positive reinforcement, but to uh, somebody better mute up. Who's, who's not muted? <laughs> he said you better mute up. Who the fuck? Who the fuck had the audacity to interrupt what I'm saying? With some goddamn background chatter. I love it. Where I was, I was trying to give a great answer, and now we got people, kids running around. I don't know what's going on, but next question. We good. Yeah, I'm motivated. I'm gonna keep 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 pushing off of that to to keep uh, growing. Next question. You fucked it up. Whoever, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who did it. I don't know who did it, bro. But like, you can't tell me this man is not staring directly into this person's soul. Whoever, damn, goddamn, whoever it was that had that shit go off. Look at this, bro. He look like he's looking into this nigga's soul. Like, yo, you really had the audacity. To, in a, to, to not have your shit on 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 mute or silence, nigga. You always you always play well, but you like in the middle of November you had like three touchdowns and you got seven of your last five games, which was pretty ridiculous. What what maybe not clicked, but what's what's been the difference for you to to go on this kind of tear that you've been on these last five games? Um, just ops. Just ops. I think the way that I've been played in the in the red zone this year. Man. <laughs> Just ops. Just ops. I love how the the culture bleeds into everything. Ops is a term. Just in case I don't know, for those who aren't hip to the hip hop culture, ops is short for operatives, and operatives is a slang or code word for people in your neighborhood or in your, you know, rival gangs or whatever the case may be, rival factions that have it out for you. So when Devontae is saying it's just been his ops, he's saying it's just been the way that they've been playing me. It's just been my rival. Like, what do you, mean? you saw what they was doing to me against 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 Raven, against the uh, Baltimore Ravens? They, they invented a whole package for this man called 17 Bulldogs. Cause he wears number seventeen, and he went to Fresno State, and the Fresno State mascot is a bulldog. At some, at, there was a points and times in that game against the Ravens where this man was triple covered, like not even disguising the coverage. They just like legit had a nigga in front of him, had a nigga behind that nigga, and then had another nigga ten yards behind them two niggas. So it's like, at a certain point in time, yes, you will get limited. You get limited because. Yeah, like they're gonna just throw all the resources at you to stop you. But the 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 thing that makes a guy like Devonta, his caliber, be able to be successful no matter how good he gets or how hard they try to stop him or funnel all their resources to stop him, it really depends on the other guys around him. If Rogers can still make plays to the flats and to the posts and to other places where rap where Adams isn't at with Lazard or MVS or St. Brown or whoever the fuck else is out there, it's like, then you can't you can't just triple-team Devontae. You have to, like, double him. 
and then you have to like single sometimes because it's like we can't just yeah we know we got to stop him but we can't just like let this dude run free down the middle of the field just because we're trying to stop him because we're still giving up a big play or a touchdown regardless so it's a lot more difficult than it is in the NBA I think or any other sport really to like to do that but they did that to Devontae and that's why his numbers were down but he still was getting catches and receptions I mean, yards and receptions. And now he has over 10 touchdowns. So it's like, you can't really, you can't keep a good man down. You really can't. Um, a lot tighter than what it's been in, in previous years. And I've been able to kind of run it up early. Um, obviously, last year getting out um, of the blocks pretty, pretty good after I came back from the hammy. So um, just opportunities, getting more, um, seeing a few better looks. Um, that mix with 12, just, you know, sticking with a few things when we don't necessarily like the pre-snap look, but just trusting me to go, uh, go win on my route. And, you know, it's, that's why I was never really too, too worried about it. You know, at the beginning of the year, it was obviously we didn't get off to the, the start we wanted to as far as our connection. We had the yards and, you know, the production, but putting points on the board is the most important part. Eggs. I'm, I'm so glad he said that. I'm so glad Devonta Adams said that because I feel like, there's there's this thing that happens in the media, especially like on Twitter, which is like if, if you're not a part of the Twitter sphere as far as like repping your team or being involved in the conversation, then you're not really a part of the conversation. Because that's where most of it's happening. That's where that's where it's happening in real time. So when Devontae says right here, like putting points on the board is the most important thing. That is how I've always felt. So, like, when people were saying for forever, like, Julio Jones is the best because Julio Jones had this many yards and this many receptions, like, every year. It's like, excuse me, I don't give a flying phalanges if, if Julio Jones, like I said, had 25,000 yards in a season. I mean, okay, well, 25,000, that would be crazy. But, but it's like, <clears throat> if you had 20, if you, like, shattered the single season record for receiving yards by, like, let's say, Five or six hundred yards, which would just be like insane, right? But you still like didn't even lead the league in touchdowns. I would be like, and you know what I mean? Like, who cares, nigga? Like, so for Devontae, I feel like touchdowns has always been most important to him. Like, just like based on what this answer he said, like he he knows that touchdowns is the most important. Hey, Devontae, how are you? Good. How you doing? Good. Since we're all talking about our feelings, uh, thanks for being so good to us this year. It means a lot to all of us. No problem. Um, and no pressure then on this question. Uh, we, I asked uh, Aaron before um, about his future. He had <laughs> talked about it a little bit with McAfee. <laughs> Bro, like, listen to <laughs> the way Devontae Adams, like, gave a <sighs> he knew, I felt like he knew what the fuck was coming up. And just look at the response. Look at the response. Look at the response. Uh, we, I asked uh, Aaron before um, about his future. <sighs> like <laughs> the body language. A bit with it did the, I mean, did this and pulled the mask down. Body language, bro. Um, so I wanted to ask you as well. Um, he said he's taken uh, a savor this season approach to this year with the uncertainty. I'm wondering, have you done the same uh, on purpose or more so than you have in past seasons. They should have asked him about the fucking 
last dance thing. Unless they asked him about that already. But I would I would have brought that shit up again. And in any way does your future uh, dovetail or connect with whatever is going to happen with his future? Important question. Great question by Jason Wildey. As always, very long-winded question by Jason Wildey. Kind of an exhausting question, but very good question. The part about dovetailing his decision to what Aaron decides to do. Let's 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 hear what Devontae has to say. I'm gonna I'm gonna mark this. Devontae future. I don't even know if I spelled his nigga name right. Uh. I mean, it, I'm I'm sure. I'm, I mean, naturally, why why wouldn't it? You know, it's not. You know, I'm, I'm playing with the the best quarterback to play the game. It's not like, you know, there's there's nothing other than you know me just having a connection I built up with my guy and playing a certain way. Um, you know, so that there's that expectation, there's that friendship built up in it. There's, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. So you know, obviously, to a certain extent, um, it won't be the end all be all, but it'll definitely be something that I'm I'm monitoring and paying attention to to see where you know, where his head is at, you know, after all this. But one thing to, to answer the, the first part of it, one thing that we both do a great job with, I think we talked about a lot this year, is just kind of making the main thing the main thing and um, just really, really enjoying the time that we do have with our teammates. And it's something that we've started to talk about more because we all getting older, man. It's, you know, it's a business on top of that. So it's a lot of stuff that goes into it, whether or not I'm back here, whether or not he's back here. Um, if it was just as much as, as simple as do you like being here? Do you want to be back? And, you know, we'll just we'll pay you how we how you should be paid and, you know, doing all those type of things. Then it would be easy. Everybody would be exactly where they want to be and, you know, having the time of their life. But um, you know, very true. Very true. But it's, it's not that easy, man. It's not that easy. There's not j- the money doesn't just grow on trees. The, 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 the salary cap isn't infinite. You know what I'm saying? So it's like things have repercussions. And for him to say, look, of course. What Aaron decides to do will factor into my decision, but it won't be the end-all, be-all. I think it really depends on, like I said, on my Twitter earlier today, and like I said earlier in the show. I think I said it earlier in the show. Or maybe I just was talking to myself earlier before I started the show. But anyways, I think that Adam's decision will be based on what the Packers pay him. But if the Packers come a dollar... Or a day short of the number he's thinking, then I think that's when the other things come into fa- come into play. Certain certain parts of this game that I don't control, so I can't I can't uh, you know make a prediction as to what exactly will happen. So yeah, I am enjoying it. Uh, you know, paying a little bit more attention and um, you know just kind of locking in, enjoying my time with my teammates now because you you never know. And I've been in four NFC Championship games, and it's a new team every year. So at this point. Um, you know, I'm just I'm just trying to enjoy it and just go go play football and kind of like what Aaron said, just savor these moments, just because you, you never know what will happen. But um, you know, obviously, I love being a Packer and love love being here. So um, you know, we'll see how everything plays out. But you know, to a certain extent, I will be connected to 12. But um, you know, it's it's not like if he goes, I'm I'm not going to be here, or if he stays, I will. You know, but it's something that we'll we'll have to pay attention to for sure. But that's basically what I just said, right? That's what I just said. I just said like. It it really it, it 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 depends on what the Packers do. If the Packers present Adams with the right number, that will be his course of action. They gave me this number, 
then I don't really care about number, nothing else. But if they don't come with the right number, or they try to come with the negotiations and shit, and they like, okay, let's talk about it. Let's try to meet in the middle. Which is probably what they're going to do. Then it becomes more like, well, well, what's up with Aaron? Okay. I want $22 million a year. Y'all want to pay me nineteen point five. All right, whatever. And then some incentives. If I get 15 touchdowns or whatever, throw some incentives in there. All right, I, I, I could consider signing that. But um, what's up with Aaron? Aaron's leaving? If Aaron's leaving, then I want more money. If Aaron's staying, okay. I still want a lot of money, but I can, uh, two million over the course of whatever, four years, maybe it comes out to eight, 10 million. That is a lot of money, but at the same time, I can make that up. Hey, Devontae, uh, you know, over the years, you guys have had a number of players who have come in during the season and contributed. I mean, whether it was JJ in 15 or, you know, Rasul, what he's doing this year, Valdir, you know, JJ. years back. The fuck what is kind of JJ? boost does that give James it to you? And, and just how important are those kind of contributions when you're in, you know, in the middle of a championship type run? I mean, they're they're crazy. I mean, it's 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 super important because um, I kind of made mention to it before. I feel like we were maybe a Rasul away or or uh, you know Devondre away from from winning the Super Bowl. You know, and I think for us the you know I don't want to. Nigga, how are you gonna say you was a, a Devondre or Rasul away from winning the Super Bowl? Y'all wasn't even in the fucking Super Bowl. Now look. I understand the sentiment because even when you think back to last year and the way that the game played out, I still think that the Packers were the best team last year. And I think the Packers are the best team this year, pound for pound, all around, top to bottom. The Packers are the best team. They got the best wide receiver. They got one of the best quarterbacks, okay? One of the best running backs. One of the best running back tandems. One of the best offensive lines, even though that said offensive line isn't 100% healthy. One of the best coaches. If You, you could argue the best coach in the last three fucking years, okay? Um, what else do they have? One of the best secondaries, okay? They got some of the best talent, okay? Talking about Rashawn Gary, Jair Alexander when he's healthy, Stokes, a rookie, Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos, okay? Smith, bros, okay? Um, Clark, okay? So, bruh, this Devondre Campbell. Okay, so this defense is fucking stacked. Now, the uh, the one team I see, and we'll talk about this more in the observer report. The one team that I felt all year was the biggest threat to the Packers is the Dallas Cowboys. Not Tampa, not Arizona, not Los Angeles. Okay, not San Francisco. Dallas. Because Dallas actually reminds me of the Packers, the 2009-2010 Packers. Lots of talent. It's a little raw. But if you catch them on the wrong day or the right day, they could beat anybody. Because they got a Cooper, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Dalton Schultz, Gallup, Cedric Wilson, Tony Pollard, and Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, nigga, that's seven weapons. Even the Packers of 2010, 2011 couldn't go seven weapons deep, okay? They were six deep. They had James Jones. They had Donald Driver. Jordy Nelson. Jermichael Finley. Hold up. J. 
Jane. Hold on. Let's try to go in order. Donald Driver. And then Jordy Nelson. And then James Jones. And then Randall Cobb. And then Jamaica Finley. And then Jordy Nelson. I, don't, I think Jordy's earlier in there, but they were six deep. Dallas is seven deep, bro. Dallas is legit seven deep. I digress. So on the flip, but I think the hard part is just getting there. You know, we, we got a motivated team that's uh, won so many important games, so many crucial games post postseason. You know, had to, we've had run the table moments where we kind of had playoff weeks for the last five weeks of the season. Run the so table. In so many different ways to where we've kind of battle tested at this point. I just think we just got And that's what I said earlier to somebody. As much as I like Dallas, as much as I think the Rams could actually become a formidable team in the playoffs, as much as, like, you know, everybody's got something that they can hang their head on, the one thing that the Packers have over everybody that's left, especially in the NFC or the AFC, to me, it's like, outside of Brady, you got the second most tenured quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, okay? You have the only other surefire Hall of Famer. I mean, Russ, I mean, like I said, um, Matt LaFleur is off to the greatest start in coaching history, okay? And um, you've got veterans who have been there. Like Devontae said, he, I've been to, Devontae's been to four NFC Championship games. It's Super Bowl or bust, man. It's Super Bowl or bust. And the thing that I don't understand when people talk about the MVP and offensive player of the year and coach of the year and all this shit, like, I want, I want the Packers to win all those awards, but at the end of the day, bro, at the end of the fucking day, it is Super Bowl or bus. You know what that means? It means if the Packers don't end up in the Super Bowl, they don't have to, even if, even if they don't win it, but it's like, if you don't end up in the Super Bowl, the whole year was a failure. I don't even fuck if somebody won the defensive play of the year. I don't care if Rodgers wins MVP. I don't care if Adams wins offensive play of the year. I don't even fuck if the floor wins coach of the year. You can have all those things happen. But if you don't even make it to the Super Bowl, it's a fucking bust. It doesn't matter. Period, bro. Super Bowl or nothing. And I do want to do a, a, a longer video on that, but... We're gonna keep them, keep them moving. Okay, um, and and having guys like that, those additions, you know, mid season or beginning season in camp, or even just you know bringing bringing Dre in, uh, you know, he's been here the entire time, but it's a whole new experience and a guy that, you know, wasn't looked at as like a you know a, a crucial piece of his team. Oh yeah, Devondre Campbell, facts. Here, but then he comes Dre. and now he's basically holding the thing together. So. Um, you know, it's it's a, it's amazing to have that because you know we obviously love the team we had before that. So anytime you can add pieces as you go on the fly and they can come in and contribute and, and be solid players for you, it's uh, you know it, it helps you trend in the right direction. Devontae, do you have cold weather routes? I mean, we hear a lot about the passing game and how it might be affected and how possibly you guys might have an advantage on a slicker field where you know where you're going, the defensive back doesn't. Are there things you go to Matt or the offensive kind of gurus and say, hey? Give me a bunch of these because I know I'm gonna be able to take advantage. Um, it's a great question. Not really, but that was a really good question. That was a really good fucking question by Aaron Nagler. I feel like it's the kind of question that made Devontae say, "Like, damn, we don't really have cold weather routes, but 
That's a good idea. Maybe we should get some routes that just work in the cold weather. We do have different, uh, you know, times where we know to kind of be on top of our footwork because what it can do potentially to the DB. But I don't, I don't typically go into a game or coaches don't really go into a game, um, you know, saying we want to run this because he'll have trouble getting out of it because it, it just happens. It can happen literally on any given play. It can be on a play where they're not even trying to, like we're watching film now and it's, I mean, guys are slipping all over the place, just reacting, backpedaling, and then triggering because they're, it's a run play. You'll see a dude slip. So it's pretty easy to slip if you don't have your feet underneath you. You're not wearing the right cleats. Um, you know, if, you don't, if you're not on your insteps and you're not, you just don't have the proper footwork, you can fall really just on a simple stop route. So um, we, we definitely use that to our advantage with uh, mm. just being more precise and mm. practicing our footwork. For Yo, that's the insight into the footwork. I think footwork. Is one of those things that's like bad, like it's like very vague. It's very like, oh, like what, what footwork? Like it, it makes sense, but it's like, what the fuck does that really mean? You know, like a dude's footwork. You know, but what Devonte Adams is, is is explaining right now about the splits and back pedals and different stems and how you plant and. It's like wow, okay. Like you really can have an like a person like study footwork, not just for receivers, but for quarterbacks and for everybody. Footwork is so important, even for like linemen, right? Like footwork, interesting. But any specific routes, not really. Last one, Jason Wilby. Damn, the fucking J- oh no, Jason Wilby. Hey, Devonte, I'm sorry, I. I uh... Wasn't sure if I was unmuted there. You were trying to get um, your two-parter you together. That's what you were, that's what you were doing. <laughs> I, well, I managed to do it, and you remembered both parts, so yeah. we're good. Um, what, when you look at where this offense is as a whole, what do you feel really good about, and what do you feel like you guys really need to get Brett, tuned up? Like, and- I'm, I'm, I'm going to let him finish. But it, like These kinds of questions always like bother me. Like You're going to ask a player to say, what he feels good about in his offense and what he doesn't like or what needs improvement. Like, it, these kinds of questions to me is like, in a perfect world, yeah, the, 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 the person, the player would give you a, 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 a honest, can't, like, really honest answer. But, like, in this world we live in, like, bro, like, go wait as motherfuckers. Like, well, you know what, honestly, like, the thing, excuse me, the thing we're really struggling with is uh, on, on the seven yard in routes, like, like, Nigga, he's not about to give you really detailed shit. Like, look at, <laughs> look at that nigga's face. He's like, bro, you really, are you serious? Are you asking me this right now? Are you really asking me this right now? Like, bro, I'm not about to give you no fucking details. Because you know what? Any fucking scout or, or or somebody from the Vikings or whoever they're playing in this next week or the week after next or in the playoffs can just go back and look at this shit and be like, hey, you know what I saw on the Packers uh, post-game show? P- po- press conferences? Yeah, they're really struggling with these routes. It's like, come on, bro. Like, I get the the sentiment of the question, but it's a really bad question. That's two games before the playoffs start. Like, whole, what do you feel really good? Um, what when you look at where this offense is, or like, whole, or like maybe it's not a bad question, but it's like it, the the way you frame it. I feel like you don't really give yourself an opportunity to get a good, uh, honest answer from the from the person. What do you feel really good about? And what do you feel like you guys really need to get tuned up in the last two games before the playoffs? But maybe Devontae will surprise me. Well, 
I feel good about the fact that I feel like we can win a game in any any type of way, whether it's, you know, 12 going crazy and, and getting the ball to the guys outside and, you know, we go out and, and eat or, you know, put it in, in 33 and 28's hands and let them go tote it because, you know, we got a pretty battered old line, but, um, you know, my hat is off to them for the, the work that they've been able to do just with the little experience facts. they've had. Facts, though. Um, guys Big facts, bro. Positions that they've never old line has been crazy good. Um, just, just stuff like that. So we, our, our ability to adjust on the fly is pretty special this year. You know, just from, like I said, with the injuries and, and um, you know, different things we've had to adjust in, in mid-game even. So uh, Another reason why I feel like Matt LaFleur really deserves Coach of the Year. Like, it feels like, okay, I know Coach of the Year isn't an accumulative award, but it's like, not only has this nigga tied the greatest, like right now, in this, in this point in his career, Matt LaFleur, okay, he went thirteen and three in his first two seasons, and now he has tied the 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 number of wins that any head coach has had in the first three seasons. I'm talking about George Seifert. I'm talking about Don Shula. I'm talking about fucking Bill Belichick. We're talking about all of the greats. You know, uh, the nigga for the Niners. You know what I'm saying? Like all of the greatest coaches in all time. Vince Lombardi, nigga. Like none of them. None of them. Well, I should say only one of them has been as good as Lafleur has been. I think that's Seifert. After he took over for Walsh. Um. In in uh, San Francisco, but it's like if he if if the Packers win this week, Matt Lafleur. If the Packers win this week against the Minnesota Vikings at home in Green Bay, I want to say Matt Lafleur will be. The most winningest head coach in the his in the one hundred plus year history of the NFL, Matt Lafleur will be the most winningest head coach in the first three years of his tenure than any other head coach in the history of the NFL. And to me, I don't I don't, I don't give a fuck if you even have a Hall of Famer or anything like that is impressive, bro. Super impressive. Big credit to, to some of the guys for that. Um, but we definitely got to keep our, our, our foot on the gas a little bit better as a team, coaching staff, everybody just together to, to make sure we can bury some of these guys. Because yeah. I remember coming in the league and just expecting to, you know, put up 40, 50 points on, on the Bears or Vikings, you know, early on. And, <laughs> you know, we would just keep going. <laughs> hey, blow, blow, blow. Shots fired to the Vikings. And the Bears. Those are the last two teams we play in the fucking regular season. He just shot big motherfucking bullets into their direction. Yeah, nigga, we used to shit all over y'all in my first couple of years. Um, and we've even done that. We've had times where we've done that as a team. Um, not so much this year. We've, we've obviously got but we haven't really buried anybody the way we want. But we've done it as, uh, you know, under Matt LaFleur for sure. So just, just staying hungry um, and just looking at a game like, the Vikings versus Steelers, where, you know, they're up 29 points to, to zero, which is different than even, you know, having three points because at least you scored and it helps you a little bit. Just putting points on the board helps. Um, and those guys came back and almost won that game. So Facts, um, bro. Facts, bro. Where big facts. Devontae Adams talking big facts. Like, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in you never make history until you make it, and it, the game is never over. Even when the Packers were down by, like, what, 18 points in last year's, like, NFC Championship game, like, y'all can go back and check the streams. I was not fucking discouraged. I was like, yo, we're going to fucking come back and win. Like, we, we got a chance. 
And they almost did if it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers <coughs> choking on third and goal. We don't have to worry about it late game like that. We can just go play and, and just keep putting our foot on their neck. And, um, you know, there's going to be times these guys get paid too. There's going to be times where it's not a blowout, and I don't expect one every game. But in a situation where it should be, we got to put teams away. So that's probably the biggest uh, improvement we got to make. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff from both of them about their future, about the state of this team, about – where this team sort of stacks up all time of other teams that they've played on. And I'll say this. I think that this is the best Green Bay Packers team I've seen. Maybe since the 2000, you know what I'm saying? Like, fuck it. I think it's the best Packers team I've seen. No, we don't really have, I don't know if we have a player to the caliber of Julius Peppers or Charles Woodson on this team. It's kind of hard to say because those are two all-time great players, Hall of Famers. So it's like kind of hard to like put anybody on defense in that category. But as just, just just in general, yeah. I think I know for a fact. You know, yeah. You, 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 like you can you can you can you can take you you got to take everything that these guys say with a grain of salt. Like how many times have we heard Aaron Rodgers say, "Oh, I don't listen to the media. I don't listen to," the, but then like when he talks to Pat McAfee, he he, he gives like this, he he talk he he's able to like rattle off all these little quotes and shit that people in the media have said. So you always got to take a little bit of a grain of salt. But you know, hearing from Adams and Rod, from hearing from Adams and Rodgers was good. Um, but you know, take it with a grain of salt. And just in general, I just feel like the Packers are still the best team. Alright, look, I think it's time for us to get the fuck out of here. Look, everybody, I want to say thank you for joining me on the show. Um, fun underscore red, plus anyone else who joined me on the show. I would appreciate you a thousand million times over. Until the next show. Remember, go pack, go, and the bears still suck. Peace. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.